I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Tonight we are starting our journey through the book of Malachi. We will start in chapter 1. The first two words are an oracle. Now, those being the first two words, I already know what Harper's going to ask. What's an oracle? What's an oracle? I was going to ask that same question. Uh, Me too. An oracle is a message from God. How about that? So, a message from God, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. That is verse 1, starting in verse 2. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, the Lord says? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. And I have turned his mountains into wasteland, and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Those are fairly strong words. It seems like possibly it would be interesting to do a translation study on that, because the footnote for that verse right there says, The phrase Esau I have hated does not refer to Esau's eternal destiny. It simply means that God chose Jacob, not his brother Esau, to be the one through whom the nation of Israel and the Messiah would come. God allowed Esau to father a nation, but this nation, Edom, later became one of Israel's chief enemies. Edom may say, Though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord says, They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, Great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. A blessed son honors his father, and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. Those are fair questions. We often get, I don't want to say caught up. It's just easy to only focus on the fact that the Lord is grace and that the Lord is love. 100% true. right? No qualms about that. But a son honors his father. And so at some point, you do have to ask yourself, am I honoring my father? Right? He's given me grace. He's given me forgiveness, mercy, 
kindness, and love? Am I giving him the honor that's due him? If he really is my master, my lord, am I giving him the respect that he deserves? It's a good question. It's very challenging. It's a good question. It's very challenging. It challenges that thought that just wants to say, you know what? I know that no matter how I live, God's grace and forgiveness will be with me. That's true, but it's really, it shows a, it illustrates a heart that's not really set on being God's son and set on honoring him. It is you, O priests, who show contempt for my name. Contempt, Harper, is like when somebody shows a lack of care or a lack of respect. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? You defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Again, I really think what the Lord's getting at here is a reflection of heart. Right? What is your offering to the Lord? It doesn't, obviously, we're not going to bring in animals. You could say bedtime Bible boys. It's an offering to the Lord. Right? We're offering him our work, our services. Well, if there was somebody who, like if a friend called me up and they needed me to help him with something... Am I helping the Lord's ministry through Bedtime Bible Boys with the same passion that I would want to help somebody like a friend who said I need help doing this? Like, would it be the same amount of care? Or my boss, if I was doing a job for my boss, would I do it with more care because I might get a bonus out of the deal? Or am I treating the things that I'm doing for the Lord with the importance and respect that they're due. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, implore God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. And that's exactly what those offerings were, were useless fires. Like the dirty rags. Yeah, that's right. They're people trying to be made right with the Lord through the rituals that they're going to perform. But all the rituals are just a symbol of the thing to come, which is Christ. The rituals themselves really have no power to remove sin. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, when he's talking in context to the useless fires on the altar. And I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations, from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying of the Lord's table, it is defiled, and of its food it is contemptible. And you say, what a burden, and you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, crippled, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord. Cursed is the cheat 
who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Well, that is the end of chapter one. And I would say that's not really one of those chapters that make you feel warm and fuzzy, right? It's a chapter that puts you in the front and center and says, where is your heart at? Check your heart. Are you taking your relationship with the Lord as your father, as your king, as your Lord? Are you taking it seriously? Are you living your life with that purpose? Do the actions you take and the thoughts you think and the places you go reflect that? Or are they just empty words? Because it's easy to say, I love you boys. But if I betray you and I lie to you and I don't show up when you count on me and I don't spend time with you and I don't talk to you, Or when I do, I'm rude to you, and I say mean things, and I bring you down instead of build you up, and I abuse you. Then does it mean a lot to you if I say I love you? Wouldn't you rather have me not say I love you, but do all the other things correctly? And I think in some ways that's where we're being focused here, is we're not going to be perfect But you can't use not being perfect as an excuse to not care at all. You can't say, well, I'm not going to be perfect, so I'm not even going to play the game. That's a cop-out. And there's a lot of people living life like that. That's a cop-out. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm still going to go for it. And when I mess up and lose a game, I'm still going to show up for the next one in hopes that he will carry me to victory. You see, you're never defeated. We're always victorious in Christ. The only defeat we can really suffer is when we decide that we're not going to show up, that we're not going to live in the identity that he has given us. And I believe Malachi chapter 1, he was writing it to the priests of the Israelite people because these priests were living in sin and with contempt for the Lord and giving poor sacrifices and not not following the Lord with their heart. But we don't have to be priests to get this message, right? We have something greater. We have the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. So we have even a greater thing than the priests of the Israelites had. The Lord was, the messages that the Lord was giving them through Malachi is something we can apply to our own life. Remember this never judged, always challenged, never judged. Do you understand that? Always challenged to improve, always challenged to go farther, always challenged to lean in more to the Lord, but never judged, okay? Okay. Judgment came on Christ, and it was finished. It was finished in no uncertain terms. We're going to call that a night. I love you, kids. I love you, too. You guys are good kids.